But let us open up our Bibles to the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk, chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. Amen. I, I have uh, some very special announcements after service. That's why I don't want to get into them now. I mean, as you can see, we're uh, starting to get our people back. Amen. Uh, to come back into the house of the Lord. Amen. And so we ask that you go into prayer with us. Amen. Our drummer is out. Amen. He gets our drummer. He gets to take vacations. Amen. He's on vacation. Amen. Uh, and uh, so we want to ask that you pray that the Lord would bring us a pianist. Amen. Because that right there is what we're missing right now for our worship. So just go into prayer with us. Amen. Uh, God always provides. And uh, an organist and a guitarist. Amen. And I heard Brother John can sing. That's what I heard. But you know how gossip goes around. Amen. Um, so Habakkuk chapter 3 verses 17 through 19 the Bible says this it says though the fig tree may not blossom nor fruit beyond the vines Though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no fruit or no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Because the Lord God is my strength. And he will make my feet like deer's feet. And he will make me walk on my high heels. Amen. For just a little bit, I want to talk to you on this subject. Of when when giving God praise doesn't make sense when giving God praise doesn't make sense Jesus we love you and we appreciate you Lord and we thank you for the reading of your word Lord and we just ask that you would bless the application that you would bless every here that is here that you would anoint their hearts and their minds, Lord Jesus, to receive a word from you today, Lord. A life-changing word, a transforming word, a restoring word that would cause them to leave this place just a little bit different than the way they walked in. That they would live their life just a little bit different than the way they've been living it, Lord. And that they would be encouraged in the power of your might this morning we pray in Jesus name 
Amen. Amen. Y'all may be seated, those of you that are here and those of you that are watching online. Amen. If you could be seated right there where you're at. I want to start out by asking this question this morning. If you've ever been there, amen. Have you ever been in a place like the prophet Habakkuk? Have you ever been in a place in your life where things just don't seem to be going the way you would like them to be going? Have you ever found yourself in a place, or maybe you find yourself there today, maybe things aren't going the way you planned, or maybe those prayers that you've been praying and that you've been sending on up to heaven, maybe they haven't been answered yet, and, and you're waiting for an answer, and you're, you're fervently going before the Lord, and you're, you're praying, and you're asking God to, to bring healing, and you're asking God to bring a, a restoration, or you're asking God to, to strengthen the unit of the family, or your marriage, or or you're asking God to bring back that wayward child that is, has fallen away from the things of the Lord. Uh, have you ever been there today? Well, if you haven't been there, then I can guarantee you that as long as you keep living, you will be there. As long as you have breath in your lungs, you will have those kind of issues in your life. As long as you continue to live this life in this world, in this kind of world that we live in today, that is full of sin and full of evil, you're going to find yourself in Habakkuk's shoes one day. And because the fact of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, uh, brother and sister, is that you're not going to get through this life without trouble. You're not going to get through this life without trouble. You're not going to get through this life without getting your, your feelings hurt. Uh, you're, you're, you're not going to get uh, through, through this life without uh, uh, trouble or tribulation or, or trial or pain uh, or, or health issues. You're, you're going to get your feelings hurt at least once or twice. We are all going to find ourselves in a place just like this prophet, just like this man of God, uh, just like this man of God that prayed every day and that, that had his fasting, that, that, that dedicated his life to the, to the ministry, that dedicated his life to God. Uh, he was a man that found himself in, in hard places, in, in hard situations. He had hardship. He had trouble. There was no food. Uh, people were against him and so what you and I go through today what you and I go through whether whether somebody's gossiping about us or or whether somebody lied on us or, or whether somebody uh, has has a, a gossiped or or lied on us or or maybe even being persecuted or or despised and and even hated on and on top of all of that uh, throw a little bit of a a deception uh, into the pot and and throw a little bit of betrayal into the pot uh, just wait and see 
Because it doesn't matter how much you pray. It doesn't matter how godly you are. It doesn't matter that you floated on in here and your feet don't even touch the ground. We're going to have bad days. And we are going to find that it did not start with you. Can you say amen? All you have to do is look in the Bible and you'll see what I'm talking about. When you look at the life of a great man that everybody knows, this man by the name of King David, he was a great man of God. He was a a worshiping man of God. He was the king of Israel. The Bible says that this was a man that was after God's own heart. All he wanted to do was praise God. All he wanted to do was worship God. All he wanted to do was give God all of his all, everything that he had, all of his riches, everything that he did on the battlefield. Uh, everything that he did as a king for Israel he did everything for God and he still went through much pain Uh, he still had problems in his family Uh, he still had wayward children But you know what? This powerful, this this man of God is so powerful that although he had a child that was trying to kill him His own flesh and blood was trying to take him out. He ran, Brother Ernest. He ran into the wilderness. He ran into the caves. I don't want to get into it with my boy. I love my boy. I could take him out like that if I wanted to. You know, the old saying goes, I brought him into this world. I take him out of this world. He could have done it. But no. He stayed faithful to the things of God. And he knew that God one day would deliver him from all of his mess. And because he knew that and because he understood that, uh, he never stopped praying. Uh, He never stopped going to the temple. He never stopped fasting. Uh, He never stopped giving. Uh, He never stopped giving God all of the honor and all of the glory. He said, man, I'm going through this uh, and I'm going through that. Uh, My kids are after me. My wife is making fun of me. All these things are happening around me. But he stayed true. Uh, He stayed faithful. He gave God all the honor and all the glory. He didn't back down. He didn't throw in the towel. He didn't give up. He didn't go hide. He didn't go run. He didn't go complain. He lifted up his hands and he said, God, if there's any sin within me, remove it and give me a right spirit. He didn't give in. And he didn't give up. And when we look at the life of Job, you know, Job went through some stuff that I don't think I'd be able to go through. Because the Bible says that this Man was an upright man and he was a, a righteous man. He was a man that uh, he, he 
dedicated his life unto, unto doing things right. He, he wasn't shady. He wasn't uh, crooked. He wasn't deceptive. Uh, he was a man that was pure and upright and righteous, the Bible says, uh, that every time he came to the temple, that he, he gave a, a sacrifice for his family, for his marriage, uh, and all for his children. Uh, he says, I know that I got children out there in the world, hallelujah, and they're doing their thing, God, uh, but I'm here standing in the gap for them that one day they'll come right back in uh, to the house of the Lord uh, and continue to lift up their hands and give you honor and give you glory. And the Bible says that he did everything right. Uh, he did everything according to God. Uh, he just wanted to be pleasing to God. Uh, he wanted God's favor in his life. And guess what? Uh, because he did all of these things uh, and he dedicated his life to the Lord, uh, God blessed him financially. God blessed his house. Uh, he got God was a hedge of protection around his home. Uh, he protected him and his wife and his family and all of the people that were around him. But it didn't matter how upright he was. Uh, it didn't matter how righteous he was. Uh, it didn't matter how much he had or how much he gave. Uh, trouble still came his way. Trouble still came and knocked on his door. And I believe with all of my heart that this man endured more grief and pain than would seem seemingly possible. Not only did he lose his cattle, not only did he lose his, his wealth, not only did he lose his house and his land, but his children got lost also. And so I want somebody to know this morning that sometimes life is going to hurt. Sometimes you're, you're going to find yourself uh, in a pit. Sometimes you're going to find yourself uh, walking through the fire. But sometimes you're going to find yourself on the mountaintop, uh, giving God all the honor and all the glory. Sometimes you're going to find yourself in the valley, but sometimes you're going to find yourself on the mountaintop uh, with all of God's favor and all of God's blessings uh, and all of God's glory. But sometimes uh, you're going to find yourself walking through the valley uh, and you're going to have to push through the weeds brother you're going to have to push through the grass sister and sometimes you're going to have to hide in the cave uh, because Jezebel's going to be out there trying to get you uh, and trying to take you out of the will of God uh, you see things happen to us uh, in the natural and things happen to us in the spiritual that's why James says uh, don't think it's strange When you find yourself going through a little struggle. Why? Because we all go through them. And we're going to continue to go through these struggles. Can you say amen? That's why Peter reminds us in the first book of Peter. Chapter 5 and verse 8. That's why we're reminded we're reminded every time we open up our word of God. We're reminded every Wednesday night. Uh, we're reminded every Sunday uh, that, that we're going to go through some things. Uh, but God gives the answer all the time. And 
And in first book of, of Peter, chapter 5 and verse 8, Peter instructs the church. He's not talking to those in the world. He's not talking uh, to those that are out there being evil. He's, he's talking to the church. And he's telling the brothers and he's, he's telling the sisters. Uh, he's telling them, be sober. Be vigilant. Keep watch. Because your adversary, the devil, the Bible says that he's walking around like a roaring lion looking for whoever he can take out. And that's a warning to you and I, to the church, those that are baptized in Jesus' name and those that are filled with the power and the glory of the Holy Ghost. Peter's saying, brother, watch out! Because the minute you're not sober anymore, because the minute you're not watching anymore, because the minute you're not vigilant anymore, that old devil is right there just watching and waiting, just seeing how he can get a, a foothold on you, just seeing how he can get into your life, just seeing how he can, he can get in between you and your wife, or you and your children, or into you and your business, or you in the workplace, or you in the church. But most importantly, what he can do to get between you and God. Those warnings would not be there had you and I, the moment we gave our life to God, uh, that it was going to be a field of lilies, uh, that everything was going to be all right. Uh, the minute you came up from the waters, uh, oh, your life's going to be perfect, brother. Your life's going to be perfect, sister. Your kids are going to be the most obedient kids that you've ever seen. Uh, they're going to walk around with halos on their head. No. Sister said, Gloria. My kids are perfect. See how my wife said too. They're perfect in my eyes. But in his eyes, I don't know. But you see, these warnings come out from Peter because he knew that within the church was going to be a body of, yes, believers, was going to be a body of, yes, people that were going to go and that were going to worship God and that were going to praise God and that were going to be uh, converted, uh, that were going to go from Judaism and, and worshiping false gods and worshiping statues uh, and worshiping uh, uh, golden oxes to, to now believing in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, but most importantly, he knew that all these people were going to be imperfect people. Why? Because they live in their flesh. And so that's why he was reminding the church, keep point, keep watch, be sober, understand, know your devil, know the devil, know your enemies. Because remember, it is Satan. Satan's number one job, for those of you that have forgotten. His number one purpose 
What he gets paid, you know, we all have, how many have jobs? We all should have jobs, amen? We all work. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. Amen? Actually, he says, men, if you don't work, you don't eat. It's our responsibility. We all have jobs. We go to job and we have an objective. We're hired to do a certain thing. We're hired to do this, 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 and this. At the very minimum, what you're hired for is what you're supposed to do. Can you say amen? Now, we, I know we have some overachievers, and I'm one of those kind of people that I like to go above and beyond and, and try to get into all kinds of departments and start doing their job and start doing their job and start doing this and start doing that. Uh, amen. The Lord is, is kind of yielding me from that right now. But the number one thing that the devil has, the number one mission that he has in life on this earth is found in the book of John chapter 10 and verse 10. The Bible says that the thief does not come except he only comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is the devil's only purpose in life. That is his, his only objective is to come and steal, is to come and kill, is to come and destroy. It is his job to come into your life and steal your joy. It is his life to come into your life and to kill your desire. It is his job to come into your life and to destroy your relationship with God. That is his job. It's to kill everything good in your life. It's to destroy everything positive in your life. And to destroy everything that has to do with God in your life. That's his number one job. And so I say all of that, my introduction. I say all of that. To say this, that there will be times in your life when praising God doesn't make sense. Because when you and I talk about making sense of something, it is something that, that is understandable. Can you say amen? It is when you talk about or when you're referring to, to something that makes sense. It's, it's something that you and I can understand. It's something that is, is, is agreeable to the both of, of you and whoever. Whatever it is that's being brought out forth. It is something that is, is understandable. It's something that is agreeable. It's something that is, is, is reasonable and logical. It's something that we can comprehend. You know, there are times where you're like, well, that don't make sense. And you're scratching your head and you're trying to make sense of it. 
Because most of the time, we, we want to make sense of things. We, we want to understand what's going on. We, we want it to be logical, and we want it to be simple. Can you say amen? I'm a simple kind of guy. I, I don't like when people talk in circles. Can you say amen? Just get to the point. Tell me. Just say what's on your mind, brother. Just say what's on your mind, sister. Amen? But this man of God that we read about was doing something that made no sense. It made no sense at all. Because the Bible says that this man, Habakkuk, was standing in the midst of chaos. He was standing in the midst of loss. He was in the midst of loneliness. He was in the midst of emptiness and confusion and disappointment. The Bible says that he was frustrated and he was discouraged. And he felt empty on the inside. The Bible lets us to know that he was weary and he was, he was drained of all physical and all spiritual strength but the bible says that this man habakkuk he did something that sent shock waves right through hell and he sent a victory of applause right up to heaven when he said it don't matter what's going on around me although the blossoms might not be blossoming there's no figs on the fig tree there's no meat in the barn or my bank accounts in the red he said yet i will rejoice in the Lord and I will give joy in the God of my salvation. He was doing something that made no sense and I'm telling you today church that we got to shame the devil today. We got to confuse God uh, the devil because the devil's watching some of us. I know your wife's ready to walk out on you. Your husband's ready to walk out on you. Your kids are on their way to hell but why are you standing there giving God all the honor and giving God all the glory. Why? Because our trust is in God and the things we can't see and not in the things that we can see. The devil must have scratched his head. What's wrong with this guy? His life has fallen apart around him. He's in the midst of, of chaos and, and in a world full of evil and, and a world full of sin. And, and people are dying and there's loss and there's this and there's that. And this man is worshiping God. He said the same thing. He echoed the same words that were echoed by Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they were thrown into the fiery furnace, what did they say? Our God's going to deliver us. But if he doesn't, I'm going to worship him anyways. If he doesn't deliver me and I die, then that was his way of healing me. Amen? If he doesn't come when I want him to come, 
I'm still going to give him honor and I'm still going to give him glory. And I'm still not going to bow down to the things of the world, they said. That's what they said, the three Hebrew boys. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and, and here we find Habakkuk sometime later, right before you go into the New Testament. Uh, you see this man, it don't matter what's going on in my life. Uh, it don't matter if people are hating on me. It don't matter if people are talking about me. Uh, it don't matter if I didn't get that raise. Uh, it don't matter if I don't get a job. Uh, all that matters uh, is I got my salvation uh, and I'm on my way to heaven. Uh, why? Because God is going to provide all uh, oh, my needs and I can imagine that old toothless devil just looking at him like what's wrong with you but it wasn't always that way for Habakkuk. Can you say amen? You see, remember when I told you that we're in a body of flesh and that things happen sometimes where we don't sometimes make the choices that we should make or, or, or we shouldn't do the things that, that, that we know we should do but we don't do them? You see, he didn't start worshiping God right away. He didn't come to God right away. It wasn't just one time that he cried out to the Lord. The Bible lets us to know that he cried out two times. First in chapter 1, and then in chapter 2. And in both of those chapters, the Bible says uh, that he went complaining to the Lord. He went complaining to God. God, don't you see what those people are doing? God, don't you see how those people are acting? God, don't you see how evil they are? God, I need you to change her. God, I need you to change him. God, I need you to change her. Change that individual. Oh, yeah, you got to change her. Oh, yeah, it's definitely him. He was looking at everything around him and he was complaining to the Lord. You see, the Lord had sent him to go do a work and he took one look at the people and he said, No, I don't even like these people right here. You ever be around somebody that you don't like for whatever reason? That's what Habakkuk did. He showed up on the scene and he automatically didn't like this. Oh, man, that's chaotic here. It's not like it was over there. Over there, man, it was cool. It was cooler than a fan. Over here, y'all are all messed up. Man, I'm, I'm in a house of sinners. I hope we're in the house of sinners. Can you say amen? I hope to God this house is full of sinners. 
converted when you leave, right? Not walking in sinning and leaving sinning. But you see, it wasn't, uh, he didn't cry out one time. He, he cried out two times asking the Lord to intervene. He cried out asking the Lord to help him. But it wasn't until his complaining went to praying and praising the Lord that God began to move. It wasn't until Habakkuk changed his spirit, changed his way, changed his approach, and stopped complaining about people and the situation and started praising God and giving God honor and giving God glory and loving everyone that God intervened. He was complaining about not having enough. He was complaining about things not going his way. He was complaining about how he was being treated by the people and how the people had, had hurt him and, and hurt his feelings and, and they treated him unfairly and they, they made him feel unappreciated. He made it all about him and what he was going through. It was all about him, Brother Greg. And just like that thief that was on the cross, uh, right before the, 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 the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, uh, we find that there was a man on the left side of him and on the right side of him. And the Bible says that the man on the left, uh, he was rebellious and he started uh, lifting his fist up at God. Uh, hey, uh, I thought you were God. Uh, I thought you had all the power. I thought you had all the authority. If you do, take us up and take us down. Uh, get us out of our mess. Uh, and that's how Habakkuk was. Uh, he wasn't like the man on the right uh, that said, hey, uh, I deserve to be in the situation where I'm at uh, because I did commit a crime. Uh, but God, I'm sorry. Uh, allow me your forgiveness uh, and allow me to come into your kingdom on this day. God was moved by that. He wasn't moved by Habakkuk's complaining. He was moved by his prayer and his worship. You want to move the hand of God in your life? Uh, you want God to move like he's never moved before in your life? Uh, why don't you get into prayer? And why don't you start worshiping the Lord? It wasn't until Habakkuk changed his tune I can imagine Habakkuk's probably you know I've been known to be pretty brash can you say amen some of y'all scared I've been known to be a little brash you can ask my wife where I, I just say stuff. I, whatever's on my mind, I just say it. And then, oops, but it's already said. She's smiling at me. But you know, 
there are times that we do come to the Lord with that spirit. We don't come praying or we don't even come to praise him or worship him or or tell him how good you are or how great you've been. It's just, oh, you got to do something about my wife. Or you got to do something about my husband. Or you got to do something about this situation or that situation. Okay, thank you. Amen. God bless you, God. And then walk away. Amen. And that was Habakkuk's approach. Was, you know, church, God knows what you're going through. He, he knows your struggle. He, he sees your health. Uh, he sees your finances. He sees your marriage. He sees your relationship with your children. He sees, the peop- he sees your neighbors. He sees all of that. He knows. And we come to the Lord in prayer and we come talking to him as if he doesn't know anything. As if God don't know nothing and he needs to be told. Or he might know because I told him last week and he ain't done nothing about it. So I got to remind God. And that's what happened with Habakkuk. Habakkuk went over there and he started laying all of this out and God's like, I Tell me something I don't already know. And, and he did it again. After God responded to him. You know God responded to him. And tried to realign him. And, and to tell him hey your approach is all wrong buddy. If you want me to move you got to do it another way. And then he went back. With the same response. And, and the same complaints. And God said nope. Not hearing it. And it wasn't until the third time, Brother Albert, that he came to the Lord the way we are supposed to come to the Lord. He came with prayer and with praise. He didn't make it about him no more. He didn't make it about his situation no more. He said this. Though the fig tree does not blossom. Nor there be fruit on the vines. Though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food. And though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no Meat in the stalls. Though I got nothing. Although nothing's going right in my life. Although everything that I had planned to happen hasn't happened. He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. He said, I will take joy in the God of my salvation. He said, because the Lord is my God, he is my strength, and he will make my feet like deer's feet. And he will make me walk on high heels as we come to a close this morning.
Church, I didn't want to spend too much time this morning reminding you of what you already know. I was having a conversation with a brother this morning and, and I was telling him, brother, most people here have been here in the Lord for years now. Five years, 10 years, 15 years, some 20 years or more. So, so what, what is being brought to you today is, is not anything new. Right, sister? It's not... Like you've never heard this before. You know, and I like how Reverend Daniel Gonzalez said it one day from behind the pulpit. He said, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel when it comes to the word of God. This wheel's already been invented. We're not trying to rewrite the word of God. We just have to keep reminding you about the Word of God. Church, because we live in a world where, where it's easy to stray. It's easy to follow the crowd. It's easy to get caught up in the crowd. And you know, it was always the crowd that surrounded Jesus. It was always the crowd. Everywhere he went, it was, it was always a crowd. And, and sometimes the, so the, the crowd was evil and they were cruel and they were mean. And, and they even kept people from, from getting close to God. Those that, that tried, the Bible says that the woman with the issue of blood, she had to fight and claw and crawl her way on her hands and knees through the crowd. If only I could just get to him and just, just touch the hem of the garment. God is looking for a for a, a, a reaction. God is looking, how are you going to respond to your situation? How are you going to respond to your circumstance? Are you going to become part of the crowd? Or are you going to lower yourself on your hands? Oh my God, such a, a sign of humility. And she walked on her hands and knees and you guys ain't keeping me from my Jesus because he's the only one that can change my situation. Some of us here today, we need to push through the crowd. Turn off the noise. Stop listening to the naysayers and stop listening to the doubters and stop listening to, to those that are just trying to pull you away from the Lord. And God says, if you've made it up in your mind, somebody today, you got to make it up in your mind. 
somebody watching today, maybe you're watching for the first time, you got to make it up in your mind today. Today, right now. And God says, the minute, the minute you do that, he told Habakkuk, I'm going to make your feet like hinds feet. I'm going to make your feet like deer's feet. Now, I know some of us already got some ugly feet to begin with, but to have them made look like deer's feet, wasn't figurative but how many of you know how a deer runs you that have hunted before or been out there to pet them a deer is fast a deer will get away from you and they're vigilant and they're they're sober and they're vigilant and they're always watching and and the little sound boom sets them off and they're gone but you know they don't run like dogs run dogs when you see a dog run they run with all four legs right deers hop Where their front feet touch, their back feet go right into it and thrust. And where they land, so when you see them run, all you see is sets of twos. Can you say, am I right, Brother Albert? You don't see a bunch of footmarks all over the place. And that is the ability that God has given to them. And he says, the minute you make up your mind, I'm going to give you the ability to be able to tread on your high heels. Now, before he got to this, he was treading in his high heels. But because he approached God right, he approached God correctly, God took his high heels off. And he says, now I'm going to create your feet in such a way where you're going to run on your high heels. In other words, he's going to be able to go from mountain to mountain. And it doesn't matter how high or how steep or or how rocky the terrain. A deer will climb any mountain, any hill, any terrain. He'll go places that humans cannot go. You know, we got to go the long way around. Because he shot straight up. Well, we're going to have to go around and try to cut him off at the other side or whatever. By the time you got there, he's gone. He's 10 hills down the road. And God says, you might not be able to do that physically, but spiritually in your spiritual man, you're going to be able to go from mountain to mountain. 
In other words, I'm going to make your spiritual being in such a way that doesn't matter what comes up against you. It doesn't matter how high the mountain is or how uh, rocky it is or how the terrain is. You're going to be able to get through it. But I feel, I feel in my spirit, church. As we stand this morning. We're going to open up the altar this morning. We're going to open up this altar because I I feel in my spirit one that somebody is in desperate need of a breakthrough this morning. You can go ahead, brother. But two... feel like there's somebody here today or somebody watching online who's been stuck in that first prayer or has been stuck in that second one and God wants to give you an opportunity this morning to just approach him the right way this morning so that he can intervene in your life So that that joy that you once felt, you can feel it again. So that desire that you once had, you you can have it again. And for those of you that think that you've fallen away from salvation, today is your day to come back to the Lord. Recommit yourself to the Lord. Recommit your life to the Lord. And if you're a visitor today and, and, and this is your first time, come to the altar and commit your life unto the Lord. And get with one of our ushers so that we can talk to you about baptism in Jesus' name. We can talk to you about the Holy Ghost. feel like this altar needs to open up. Somebody needs a breakthrough. It's been a while. This altar is open for you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus.